Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic-minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hello, hello, friends. Today, I had the honor of speaking to Dr. Ife Yinwa Ezeudu, who is a scientist, a pharmacist, and a medical doctor. Dr. Ezeudu started her journey in Nigeria as a scientist in the laboratory setting before getting her pharmacy degree in the Philippines. She graduated from Southwestern University in Cebu, Philippines as the best graduating student in the College of Medicine. She was subsequently offered a scholarship to study medicine. Dr. Ezeudu pursued this opportunity because she had always wanted to be a medical doctor growing up. She leaned into all other courses she had studied to become the best version of a medical doctor she could ever envision. Dr. Ezeudu currently works as a nutritionist and weight loss expert with her team on the platform Fluxy Weight Management. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. I am super excited to have with me today Dr. Ifenua Izudu. She lives in Nigeria and she is a pharmacist, scientist, medical doctor, and a weight loss coach. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, Thank so, you so much. I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm super interested in your journey and, you know, how your journey is different from those of us in America. What makes, um, you know, how do you get educated? How uh, did you grow up and, you know, where you're going from here? So can you tell us a little bit about that part? I actually grew up here in Nigeria um, in a small city. I went to a regular secondary school, regular primary school here in Nigeria. And um, right from time, I've always wanted to be a medical doctor. Um, however, my main papers of wanted to be a medical doctor is, of course, to heal. And I believe I'm this kind of person that I believe that whatever that is worth doing is worth doing well. So in my journey of becoming a medical doctor, uh, in Nigeria here, normally we have um, what we call JAM. It's like an entrance examination. So when I, when I graduated from high school, I was, I was in a hurry. I didn't want to you know, wait for JAM for me to get into medicine. I started with um, science laboratory technology. For science laboratory technology, it's not actually requiring very high score for you to get in there. So I did the science laboratory technology in a school here in Nigeria. And after I was done with that, I, I discovered I've always wanted to, um, I, I like things that has to do with laboratory sciences, you know, the lab test and all of that. And after that, I felt, I didn't feel fulfilled because I realized in the hospital, um, a science laboratory technologist or a lab scientist is just there. And when you make decision, is like, like the way it is, it's up to the doctor to 
decide on what to do and what not to do. So when I had the opportunity to study um, in, in, you know, pharmacy in the Philippines, I went ahead for that. On getting to Philippines, I realized that um, I was required to have a pre-med, okay? Because the science laboratory technology I had was more or less like a diploma, okay? So in the Philippines, you were expected to have a pre-med before you can proceed for, for, you know, for, for medicine. And then I had my friends, everyone wanted to do, they had shorter courts, like, you know, BS biology, or there are other shorter courts you can take like a year or two before you can become, you know, before you can get enrolled into College of Medicine. And of course, write the exams, subsequent exams that is more like MCAT, MCAT in the US, but ours in the Philippines is NMAT, um, National Medical Admission Test. So, and I started pharmacy, it wasn't easy. However, I made the choice of taking up pharmacy because I had always wanted to be a pharmacist. Like I, I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a lab scientist. I wanted to be a pharmacist. And then I wanted to be a medical doctor. However, in all of that, I wanted to kind of harness all of this to bring out the best that I could be in medicine. Now I'm going to the Philippines. And when others took a choice of um. They, they made their choices of taking up a shorter degrees or shorter courses. I went for pharmacy because I felt that being a pharmacist is going to help me to make the best decision. And, you know, being a, a, being a pharmacist, and having a good knowledge, a good background of medicine is actually going to make me to um, make the better decision on my patients concerning their sicknesses and the right medications to use on them. That was my, that was my judgment for going into pharmacy. So when I went into pharmacy, it wasn't easy, really. It wasn't. Pharmacy is hard. If you must ask me, I would tell you that pharmacy is actually harder than medicine. Like, I think pharmacy was, was really quite tough for me. And then I managed to come out as, as the best graduating student from the College of Pharmacy. And as a result of that, I was uh, granted a scholarship, full scholarship to start medicine. Why? Because my school normally... Um, they don't, they've not, anyway, um, in my school, I kind of became the first foreign student, the first black student and the first Nigerian to come up with the, the, the best graduating student to, you know, to, 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 you know, to stand there addressing the student, right? So it was really something outstanding for them. And as a result of that, they granted me scholarship to proceed for medicine. Now, um, it, it was, it was, it was quite nice, but then I had to, I had to come back to Nigeria because my family wanted me back home to, um, do, there's something we call National Youth Service Corps and internship and licensure examination, licensure examination, just like, I think it's same in the U.S., in the Philippines. I know we do write licensure examination. So I came back, um, writing the, during the exam, I had encounters that made me yeah, because at some point I'm like, oh, it looks like I'm just going to settle as a pharmacist. However, inside of me, I still feel like there's something lacking in me. And then in the practice of medicine in Nigeria here, it's not really, I don't know, but like, um, it's not like the doctor is going to ask you a pharmacist to come and say what this drug and all of that, like it's kind of individual. The pharmacist is there doing her thing. The doctor is there doing her thing and all of that. And then uh, when I was doing my thing, that was one year internship and then one wasn't satisfied it wasn't really getting that um coming that um how do i put it that 
um, contacts that I've always wanted with the patient. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when the patient comes, what you do is just to, oh, you take this medication two times two, three times two, and all of that. Even though during the, my, my, my two years in Nigeria do, for the internship and youth service, I still make effort to get in touch with my patients. I still try to, you know, to cancel them the way they taught us in the Philippines, because in the Philippines there, they don't just dish out medications to you. Like they try to explain all of those stuff to you. You know what I mean? Like here in Nigeria, most locations are in a hurry. Like, you know, the queue is much and probably it's just one or two pharmacies. They, they, they just, um, you know, hand over your medicine and say, take it two by two three by three, sometimes they won't even say nothing, right? So, and then I, I, I feel that, okay, what's the sense of what I've read? I can't even get to explain to, I can't even get to explain these medications on, you know, to my patients. I, you know, I just have to dish whatever the medical doctor says. And, you know, it's really funny that most times as a pharmacist, when you probably you notice a little mistake and you want to go and meet, to, you know, the doctor to say, doc, there's a mistake here. You know, sometimes they really don't want to correct it. They're like, oh, what do you know? You're just a pharmacist. I mean, you're just a business person because most times so they see some pharmacists as if they're just into business. Like, what do you know? You know, stuff like that. So, you know, it, it dawned on me that this is not what I want. I want to I wanna have a situation that I get in touch with my patient. I have this relationship with my patient where I can know what is wrong with them where I can know what to give them and know why I'm giving them that and have a rapport with them and explain that, explain all what is wrong with them, with them, for them rather. So I, that was when the passion of going back to med school to claim my scholarship um, became so intense. Like I felt like something is missing in me. Okay, if I'm going to be a doctor, nobody's going to tell me that my prescription is, when I know a prescription, like it's going, I'm going to give out the right prescription I'm going to write the right prescription. And I, I know that as a pharmacist, I should be able to do it properly. And not that I'm a pharmacist and then I am telling a, a doctor that, oh no, this particular, you know, we had like incidents that, you know, you know, some patients are not supposed to go through this and they're going through that. And, you know, you feel really bad inside of you. And it's just because that maybe this other person is not, it doesn't want to accept that, oh, this prescription has some error. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Yes. Do, are yes. you getting me? Definitely. Yes. yes. So um, that, made me, yeah, that, that started burning so much in me. I'm like, no, this is not what I want to be. This is what I, I don't want to settle for this. I think I need to go further. Okay. That if I end up being a medical doctor, I'm going to be the one in charge. I know about laboratory. I've worked in a lab. I know about pharmacy. I've done, uh, I'm a licensed pharmacist. And then I can be able to, um, you know, to, you know, write prescriptions for my patients. And I just want to give my patients the best. I just want to, I just want to take care of my patients. I just want to be sure that they're taking the right medication. I just want to be sure that I just want to be in charge. Like, I just want to be in charge that, you know, someone is not going to tell me, no, don't give this. And, you know, as a pharmacist, you're not going to be the one to say, uh, even if the doctor says, don't change this prescription, you can't do that. You rather go to be like, sign it. And some of them go as far as signing the prescription. This, you tell the doctor, it's okay, doc, can you just sign if you're insisting that you're not going to change this prescription? You will see them, they will sign it. And you're going away, you're walking away with this file and you know that this file is not really what you're supposed to give. But then what can you do? I mean, you're just a pharmacist in Nigeria, right? So, you know, most of those things were the things that made me to go back to claim my scholarship, to 
uh, you know, to, I, I felt they reenacted um, the burning desire of becoming a medical doctor uh, in me that I had to go back and claim my scholarship and, you know, and then proceeded with medicine and uh, yes. And uh, just recently, two days ago, I have just become a board person. I am now a licensed medical doctor in Nigeria. So yes. Wow, congratulations. I mean, that sounds like such an honor, you know, being top students in pharmacy in a foreign school. And then now you finally graduated and got board certified. So congratulations, really. Um, so you Thank have like so three, three distinct professions, but each one like built on top of the other one and made you super well-rounded and able to do your job really well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's um, what I've always wanted. Like, yeah, now I am, you know, I have them in the clinch. Like, you know, you get me a lab. Um, I, I should be able to decipher what's going on. Like, if I, and then I, I am sending you out for a lab. I'm going to be demanding for a particular thing. Okay, this is what I want. And this is what I know that if you do it this way is because they also have drug laboratory interaction. They have food laboratory interaction. They even have time. They even have work laboratory interaction. They even have environmental laboratory interaction. And then I'm privileged to know this because I, I did lab and I worked in the lab and all of that. So if I'm sending my patient out for a lab, I'm going to tell you, okay, don't go to such and so place. Don't expose yourself to this medication or don't even use this particular cream or this particular lotion or this particular soap or something. Because I know that so, so, so and so test that I'm sending you for is going to have an interaction with that. And it's probably going to be giving me a false positive result or a false negative result as the case may be so I, I think I'm happy yeah yeah it, but then it wasn't it wasn't an easy route for me it was a long tortuous route I must say but I think um it, it, it was um it was worth it it was actually worth it yeah I'm happy I did I'm happy I did considerate of the fact that I missed out on a lot of things. I missed so many birthdays. I missed so many parties and, you know, I missed so many anniversaries of friends and all of that. I lost a lot of friends too, who felt I wasn't keeping in touch. And, you know, it wasn't easy really, but I think um, it was worth it. I believe it was worth it. Yeah, um, certainly a lot of sacrifices that a lot of doctors make. Uh, medical school here in the States is, you know, notoriously difficult in that way that you spent like 10 years of your life or more just studying to be a doctor and then going to practice and intern and become a resident and then a fellowship. And all this training that's done and all the hours of studying um, and at the end, uh, you know, yeah, there's sacrifices and some family and friendships are going to be upset. And, but it's like, if you have that goal yeah. in mind, then, and you're meant to do this, um, you will just go for that goal and, and do the sacrifice. Honestly, absolutely. Absolutely. That was just it. That was just it. So uh, how yeah. many languages do you speak and what language were your programs in? Oh, in the Philippines, it, um, it was more like English. Yeah, yeah, it was more like English. However, they have their own language. 
they have their, the, the general language actually is English, but they do have, you know, what they speak in different, they have close to, I mean, they have lots of languages. I mean, they have lots, like in you see a particular city having a particular language and then you go to another city, they have another language, you know, it's like that. So in that, as a result of that, I didn't get to, you know, start, I spent like 10 years of my life in the Philippines and, you know, cut and short, right? But I didn't get to really learn the language. I just know the basic ones because the, um, the, the mode of teaching was in English. Most of the classmates, we had a lot of people from the US as well in our class, US, Australian, and um, we had from UK too, in, in, at least in my batch. So um, most classmates actually understand English and like most people speak English. So I didn't have, even when I was in pharmacy too, we also had a lot of international students as well there. So we didn't, I, 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 I really don't know how to speak their languages. I just know the basic ones like, hi, how are you? Good morning. I didn't get time to learn. Um, apart from that, I speak my language um, from Igbo in Nigeria. In Nigeria, my tribe is Igbo. So I speak Igbo language. I speak layer of French. Okay, and then Yoruba, you know, in, yeah, just like in my country too, we also have different tribes that speak different languages, right? So I think I am measured more in Igbo and then later of French and um, the Yoruba and Aosa, I speak little of them, just very little. Yeah, that's basically it. And then Filipino language, I speak very little, but I understand but very little, like the basic ones, actually. Wow. Well, that is also super impressive. It sounds like, you know, the general international medical language is English. So you're very well versed in that. But you're also able to practice with people who speak other languages in your country. In my country, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Because where I'm actually staying now is not where I'm from. I stay in the city, in the capital of uh, Nigeria. That's um, Abuja and Abuja is actually in the north like you know so it's I have to that's why I have to actually learn Aosa like the what they speak there so it's more like I'm, I'm meeting like different people speaking different languages and I'm bent to learn that and it's been interesting so I'm actually not living in my city where I speak my language so so wow. yeah that's it yeah so you're always learning always something new learning how to communicate with your patients. Yes, always. Exactly, exactly. But um, here, yeah, we do, but it's not, Abuja is, and it's, it's an advanced city more or less. So you don't really get to see, um, an average person in this city can communicate in English, except you want to really go deeper or something, but yeah, they can communicate in English Wow. in the city. Yeah, yes. cool. It's like the second language, right? That is taught. Is it in school. It's it's like a second um, official language that's taught in schools. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you said sorry, sorry. I didn't get. You said second language. Yeah, is English the second language that's taught in most schools in your country? Would I say second language? I would say it's actually, oh yeah, okay, yes, yes. Maybe third yes, or fourth, yes. I don't know. No, no, 
no, no, no. But actually, I don't know. I would say, if you ask me, I would say that English is more like the first language in Nigeria. Oh, Why wow. am I saying that? Because, um, yes, because so many people, you know, you meet people and you don't even know their tribe. Okay, we have like how many tribes in Nigeria and all of these people, they speak different languages, just the way it is in the Philippines, okay? So if, I, if you, for instance, you are in Nigeria and I'm meeting you for the first time, I can't, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know your tribe. So basically I'm gonna communicate with you in English. Mm -hmm until perhaps I discover that, oh, you are from my tribe, then we can, you know, actually speak in our dialect, you know, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Really so basically, I think English is actually our first language. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. It's kind of like the uniting language that everybody has to learn. Absolutely. 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 So a lot of my listeners are pharmacists and I think it would be interesting to know like where pharmacists work in your country. Like do they only work in retail settings, giving out medications or do they also work in hospitals or where else are they usually employed? Okay, well, in here, the pharmacies that are employed basically, um, you know, most institutions, um, almost all the institutions and the hospitals, they, we have hospital pharmacies. Like I've worked as a hospital pharmacy. I've worked as a community pharmacist. I've worked as a pharmacist with uh, WHO. I've worked as a pharmacist with um, USAID. Like, you know, as a pharmacist, you can work anywhere, okay? So the thing there is for you to be able to, how do I put it, this, uh, you know, give out the medications that like you take up the role of a pharmacist. There are also pharmacists that work in administrative sections. There are also pharmacists that work, of course, lecturers. Mm -hmm. So as a pharmacist, there are also pharmacists that work in industries. We right. have pharmaceutical industries here in Nigeria. Okay, so there are pharmacies that work there. There are those that do community pharmacy. Uh, there, are, there are community pharmacists. We also have com uh, from retail pharmacists. Um, we also have, um, we call them medical reps, like medical representatives from different companies. They are the ones that go to detail on drugs, on yeah. medications and all of that, medical doctors and other uh, pharmacy outlets. So a pharmacy profession is a diverse profession that you can never say you won't find a place you will fit in. It's not possible. There will always be a place for you to fit in, whether community pharmacy, retail pharmacy, medical representative, lecturing job, administrative job, WHO, USAID, HFSI, 360, all of them, UN, there is no place you cannot fit in. And all of that is also in Nigeria here. It's just this, it just depends on where you choose to. Right, so if you are a clinical pharmacist and you prefer to handle people that are sick and you wanna have um, close contact with your patients, you can as well be a community pharmacist. Like in Nigeria here, community pharmacy, they have like, a, you know, they have closer contact. Right. Okay, are you there? Yep, yep, I, I hear you. Yeah, it are sounds there? very similar, yes, it sounds okay. very similar to what we have in the States, like the same exact uh, roles and positions and opportunities. 
Exactly. Exactly. So can you tell so, us? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, passion to become a weight loss coach and also where you're going to be working now as a doctor? Okay. Um, I've always had this passion of uh, becoming a makeup artist. I am a professional makeup artist. Anything that has to do with aesthetics, I love that. Apart from that, I love, um, you know, things that can prevent someone from getting, things that can prevent people from getting sick. Or I love preventive medicine, actually. Why do I say that? Having known that, um, apart from the aesthetic aspect of weight loss, that, oh, you, you, you help someone lose weight and uh, this person looks good, right? That's not the main thing. The main thing there is that it's preventing people from different sicknesses that harates or that um, obesity harates. Mm -hmm. What do I, what am I talking about? When you're obese, of course, you're predisposed to different sicknesses ranging from cancer, stomach cancer, gastrointestinal cancer, breast cancer, and so many. You, you're, you're predisposed to um, heart cardiac diseases stroke and the rest of that. So um, apart from that, psychologically, you're predisposed to even depression, low self-esteem and all of that. So for me, I believe that working as a weight loss expert is also a way to prevent people from getting down into the deeper part of these sicknesses. Because mm -hmm. even while I was in school as a pharmacist, I used to do preventive medicine a lot. I used to make articles. I used to write. I had a blog where I write about, I write about you know, health, how people can live a healthy life, how people can even avoid getting like the primary, let me say the primary level of health prevention, primary level of, um, met, uh, of prevention. Okay. So the primary aspect of where you, you, you get out there to let people know that they can actually take a lot of water and they, it can actually keep, hydrate them and keep them away from, you know, from being unnecessarily dehydrated or being sick and all of that. So basically, I've always had passion for preventive medicine and that was, and then passion for aesthetics. Okay. So that was what lingered me into, or that was what pushed me rather into or inspired me i think i, I should use the word inspired so uh, that, that was what inspired me into um going into weight loss and by the time i was already rounding up with my medicine i had to start going deeper into that getting a way to get certified as a weight loss expert and you know it's it's quite an in, in, interesting aspect of medicine it's an and being a medical doctor gave me a kind of leverage to know more on what to give my patients what to do what to advise them on and then being also a nutritionist also um gave me an opportunity greater opportunity so it's more like i am marinating everything that i know because <laughs> even in our weight loss program we send people out for lab and i inculcated the lab because i'm a lab scientist so i would always send you out for lab so i can get to know your you know your health condition and i inculcated also psychologists into that because there, some people might actually be um, some people might actually be adding weight or be obese as a result of a psychological issue, depressions and all of that. So when we discover that some of them, we need to send them out for a referral to psychologists for a period for 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 long, a lot of sections before they can come back to us for weight loss 
program. There are situations that we send people out for some blood works and all of that. They come back with, you know, they, 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 they have some ailments that they can't even stand fasting or they can't even stand taking some sort of nutrition and all of that. So you need to kind of, you know, model it according to their health. So, but why am I, how am I able to do this? I'm able to do this because um, I am a medical doctor, I am a lab scientist, and I am a pharmacist. There are situations that I even have to use medication when I feel that the need be. So uh, basically, it's just about being able to prevent the consequences of obesity and then my love for aesthetics. Those were the two things that inspired me to go into weight loss. And uh, as a result of that, I would like to measure as an endocrinologist. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I believe it's going to help me. Um, of course, endocrinologist, that's internal medicine. Internal medicine in that way, I'm not leaving out my, my pharmacy profession because I still have to get in touch with prescriptions and all of that. And then self-specializing in endocrinology. Yes. Wow. So when did you have the time to also become a makeup artist and learn about weight loss and nutrition? Um, actually, just like, you know, I said um, earlier that, you know, my journey has been a very long one. And um, let me say, like, I died in the process over <laughs> and over again. I died and wake up, died and wake up. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have a life. It's just now that, oh, I have this time. So it's just about being conscious of your time. I made that time. I never really had vacation. So during vacation, I used my vacation time to prepare. And like I told you, I was a first class student, like a SUMA student. So, and then I, being a SUMA student and a scholar, I had a particular um, grade that I'm being expected to maintain. I think I wasn't supposed to go beyond the 98% in all of my scores. Okay, so as a result of that, I was always up on my toes, like even during vacation, why others are, are busy taking out their vacation, I am studying for what I'm going to, you know, take the courses I'm going to take in the next semester. And as a result of that, I'm also taking up my like all this, my weight loss programs, my um, um, makeup artists, makeup classes, and all of that. So it's just about things I have passion for. And I felt like I could sacrifice my leisure time, my mood movie time, my social media time. And there are times I will even disappear from my social media for months. You would think I deactivated my account. It's there, but I've got no time to log in and see what's going on. So I actually miss knowing what's going on on my friends' timelines and all of that. So like I said, it was a long, tortuous journey, but I feel uh, now that uh, <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. So I, I, kind of, I kind of used most of my leisure time to learn all of those things anyway. Wow. I mean, what a great like inspiration for everyone. Um, just uh, definitely the, just a scholar that keeps learning and learning. Um, can you tell me like how you conduct the weight loss program? Is it part of a company that you, um, you kind of have a plan with them or are you doing it all on your own and how are you going to incorporate it? Uh, like I, I hear you saying that you're going to study and major now in endocrinology. So are you still gonna be working while you do that? Yeah, actually the weight loss program that um, I created it in a way that is more like a telemedicine, okay? Oh. Like it's online. 
Okay, so it's more like most of my clients, I don't even know them. I haven't seen them in person. Okay. Most of them get me from on, from maybe a social media network or something, and they saw the pictures of the ones I've done so far. Some of them, I have some of them, mostly are not even in you. I have in, some in US and South Africa and all over the world. Like I have like, I have India, I have US, I have South Africa, I have UK, I have Australia. Like I have like many countries apart from Nigeria and most of them I've not seen them, what, fine. How is it possible? This is possible because the weight loss program, I made it in such a way that it's not something that you must see me before you can have your results. Everything we do is more like a telemedicine and I also involved other colleagues. Okay, so um, when I send you out for a lab result, and um, initially when you consult us first and we talk about, we have the initial consultation, that special meeting, like it's like what we're doing now, right? So we get to know you, we take your history. Uh, first off, we're even supposed to send you a form, a form where you feel everything about your health and all of that. By the time we get it, I involve my other colleagues. I have, I have a doctor, I have a pharmacist, a colleague, uh, colleague, colleague pharmacist, colleague doctor, colleague lab scientist, like I also brought, brought in some of my colleagues so it wouldn't look like I'm the one doing it all alone. Um, so the decision wouldn't just be mine. We kind of have a, a round table discussion on a particular um, person's um, health history. And then we determine what we want to do for this person. Okay. Now, uh, what we after that, we have a, a visual meeting. It could be Zoom, it could be Google Meet or anything. And then we try to take a physical history. Okay, not a physical, visual history, right? In uh -huh. this case, we are asking you questions like we start from the, you know, the complaint or history taking, family history, social history, you know, the full history taking you yeah. do in the hospital. We do that online, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour meeting. And then after that, we send you up for a cocktail of tests, okay? Like a general body test to find out what, you know, everything about your health and all of that. And, and then we have another meeting again with my colleague and we discuss on your lab results. And after that, we call you again for the second meeting and then explain your health condition for you. If there is anyone, if there is one that will require us to extend your time, you know, the time you're supposed to start the weight loss program with us, we will, we will do that. If there is a need for us to refer you, like I said earlier, there are situations we refer people to psychologists. Probably we discovered from the interview or from the, you know, from the consultation with them, we discovered that their papers for losing, for adding, or for being obese is as a result of maybe depression and post-traumatic um, uh, stress disorder. So many things, so many things, really, so many psychological issues. Most occasions like that, we send them out to for referral for, you know, for referral. And if we discover that the people, your papers of um, being obese is also as a result of a particular health condition, there are people that their reason for being obesity, obese could have been Cushing syndrome. It could be, it could just be anything. Do you understand? So all of these things are things that we discover. When we discover that from the result that we send you out for, we can now decide, okay, this is the particular program we're going to use on you. Okay, it's not everyone that you want to tell to go and start running for 30 minutes. It's not everyone that you want to come and tell, you want to tell to, you know, to start doing some sort of exercise and all of that. So it depends on the health condition. That's the essence of the lab that we send people for. So by the time they are back from the lab, we decide on what to do for them and then call them again for another meeting. Okay, to see whether they've made up their mind to start up with the journey. So that's the third meeting. Okay, in that way, we explain to them all what we're going to be doing and, and that 
Excel. From there, we kick off. Wow. So, sounds, so yeah, and, like and uh, it's been it's been an interesting journey. Someone, you say what? Yeah, it sounds like a great program. Very well set up. Um, yes, 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 yes. I basically made it that way so that um, we would be able to get better results. And uh, now, of course, because we made it uh, virtually, it's like a telemedicine, so we don't get to see our clients. And in that way, we're able to have clients from other countries that are not even in Nigeria, from many other people that are not living in Nigeria, because every, even those that are living in the same city where we are living, most of my colleagues that are in this uh also living in this city in Abuja, but we still don't get to see them face to face. We still insist that everything has to be virtual. It has to be online. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's it. So how do you see your practice in the future? Are you going to continue working online or are you going to set up an actual office somewhere after you um, end up specializing in endocrinology and how is it all going to work together? I suppose that I look towards um setting up uh, setting up a place in the future and apart from being an endocrinologist i've actually um i'm actually considering also bariatric surgery but that's a, that's a kind of um, in the interim you know uh, bariatric surgery because i want to really get to a point that um apart from um, the weight loss, because what we do now is basically the normal weight loss where we use lifestyle changes, nutrition and medication, okay? But I wanna to get to a point because you know, really, it's not really all sorts of um, obesity that you can actually treat with uh, lifestyle, all of those things I mentioned. There are situations that you have to, you know, go under the knife, like, you know, enhance and all of that. I have interest in that too, but it's, it's something that is, is actually in the long run. But what I've just told you is something that, uh, you know, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of closer, but yeah. the other one. So uh, by the time I'm be thinking of, um, of um, having a place is when I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with what I just told you about becoming, um, being able to do that um, in terms of, um, you know, being able to, when, 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 when a patient is not getting the best of what I want the patient to get from what we are using, and there is a need for us to go under the knife, being able to do that. I think um, that's my end. Wow. Wow. Well, this is, has been- So it's really a long journey, still right. a long journey. Yeah, yeah. It's been such an amazing, you know, ride hearing, hearing about your journey and also like your plans for the future, just amazing and are going to take a lot of work, but clearly you're not afraid of that. So- um, just amazing and congratulations on all your achievements so far. Um, if you have just another minute, I would love to have a rapid fire question for us. Fine. It's okay. fine. Okay. So number one, um, advice that you have for people to improve their quality of life right now. Okay. Um, I do, um, as usual, I would always say that the best thing anyone can do to improve their quality of life is to be positive. That's number one, okay? Is to be positive and then, you know, strive towards greater health. How do you do that? Have your good sleep, try to um, have a good relationship with people around you, um, try to eat healthy and try to do your normal checkups, like your normal body checkups, you know, you know, 
from time to time, go meet your physician to, to do general check at least three to six months. Okay, so that you don't get down with deliberating sicknesses that is going to affect your quality of life. So as usual, the best is to prevent it. Okay, yeah. if you can prevent what is going to lead you to being sick, you are going to have the best quality of life. And all of those things I've listed ranges from being positive, um, being in good relationship with your neighbors, you know, living and riding in love, and then um, living a positive lifestyle. Okay, having yeah. a positive lifestyle. Um, um, yeah, living a good lifestyle, having a good lifestyle, basically. Yeah, that's such great advice. Um, absolutely agree. Uh, number two, I don't know if you have time for this, but what do you like to do for fun? Okay, well, <laughs> just um, when I'm when I'm free, what I do is to chat with friends. You know, chat with close friends, and yes, yeah, that's basically that. And probably go through my timelines to see what's going on. Cool. Okay. Um, Listen to music. And... Last question I have is, um, what's your favorite thing to drink? Water. Really? I don't take anything that is colored, except for water. Wow. H2O. Yes. Um, okay. And yes, H2O. Lastly, can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you? Okay, um, I am on Telegram as um, Ifeyuma Ezudu. Um, I am on Instagram as uh, Dr. Flogzy Weight Loss. So these two places, yeah, these two places basically. Okay. I'm awesome. also on Facebook as uh, Dr. Flogzy. Okay, Dr. Flozzi on I'll Facebook. Have, yeah, I'll put those links in the show notes so people could just click on them. Um, thank you so much. I had such a fun time chatting with you and learning about you and it's just been amazing. So thank you for all your work and all that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. Thank you. All right, have a great day. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.